On this episode of Monmouth Weekly, University President Patrick Leahy and I wrap up the academic year discussing graduation, fundraising efforts, summer classes, and a word on Memorial Day. This is faculty member Matt Harmon. It's time for episode number 30 of Monmouth Weekly. Thanks, as always, for listening. One season down and into another, the busy, busy calendar at Monmouth University uh, continues. We, when I say turn the corner, we've turned the corner from the spring semester into now summer classes, graduation wrapping up last week. And I'm sure that puts a smile on the face of my co-host. That, of course, is University President Patrick Leahy, faculty member Matt Harmon. We are back for episode number 30 of our Monmouth Weekly podcast series. Uh, President Leahy, successful graduations. I would say, you know, I, I, I could do that, I guess, LeBron line, right? Not one time, not two times, not three times, but seven graduations over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I filled in for one of the name readings, and it was a really, really good ceremony um, and I would imagine all the ones that took place over the course of, of the last week, the same as well. And thank you for doing that, Dr. Harmon. I really appreciate it. Yeah, seven ceremonies this, this spring to uh, properly graduate our class of 2021. We really broke it down into those seven uh, different events, a series of events, if you will, to try to give our students and their families uh as close to the full experience as possible. And I believe that we were able to achieve that. You know, not, not every college and university is doing this. I have a, a daughter myself who graduated last week. And uh, unfortunately, there were no guests allowed at that ceremony. So we had to watch it via live stream. So you can imagine how uh, pleased I, w- I was to be able to preside over these seven ceremonies to give our students uh, you know, that milestone event that they deserve. I was counting it up, uh, Matt, and uh, with these seven complete, since I became uh, a president of a university back in the summer of 2012, I've now presided over 42 graduation ceremonies. (laughs) So that's a lot of hands. And uh, I always say it's one of the great professional privileges of my life to be able to uh, preside over a graduation ceremony. So you can imagine how grateful I am that, uh, that uh, I've now got 42 under my belt. Well, listen, I'm sure that's a number that uh, is, you could you could walk around and tell people like, Hey, I've done 42 graduations, clearly not by choice. I mean, one usually gets it done, maybe two, depending on how things break out. Uh, But obviously with the COVID situation and having to do, um, multiple. I do want to throw a quick shout out to my 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 buddy in athletics who did a bulk of the work, Eddie Acapinti, um, reading those names. He and I have been doing that for a really long time, trying to help out. And and I will say to this day, I think I got the the better of the deal, just the way my schedule had worked out with some other things. I did one of the second ceremonies in the first week. I would imagine he was just a sweaty mess during the course of this past week, as most people were. Uh, nice to be outside, but had to have been hot on the turf, right? It was, but remember that last year we graduated the class of 2020 in August, 
across nine ceremonies. And every time I felt it getting a little warm this year, Matt, I just thought back to last August and for some reason it just didn't feel as hot. <laughs> not, not so, not so bad after that. Not so bad. You know, what, what one question that I, I had kind of thought about, um, it, with graduation being a little bit different and broken up into all these smaller ceremonies, I, I was curious if, if for you or maybe some of the faculty members that were able to attend, um, if there was almost that opportunity after the ceremony to maybe connect with people a little bit more than you would have if it would have been one big ceremony with a couple of thousand people there. Yeah, I think one of the benefits of, of doing it this way is that it does create some more intimacy. And uh, it just makes it a little bit smaller crowd and allows for those connections to, to take place before and after the ceremony in a way that if, if we graduated all the class at one time, undergraduate and graduate, it would just be overwhelming. I think it's important to note that even prior to the pandemic, Matt, we had plans to bring commencement back to campus. We, we actually had a plan in place that we were gonna execute and then the pandemic came and it forced us uh, to adjust our plans even further. But uh, the idea that we will graduate here on campus with both one large event for the entire class as a whole, as well as degree conferral ceremonies by school in smaller events is a model that's here to stay at Monmouth. You know, you think of it and, uh, you know, obviously graduation brings a close to the spring academic calendar last Monday, summer A started, today summer B started. Uh, so the, the course load on the summer side of things of all the five different calendars, I think summer C starts today as well. And then there's a couple, whether that be summer D, summer E, they start uh, up and going in July. You know, I, I, I said right at the beginning in, in my my first line of the podcast today, it never really stops, right? I mean, it's it's 12 months a year. I mean, you might say, well, it slows down a little bit from one time to the next, but there's so much going on, even in a world that's been filled the last 15 months with COVID and pandemic and all the restrictions. Um, in, in one way, having a busier campus right now probably seems like we're getting back to normal just a little bit more. It does, and uh, I'm glad you brought up the summer sessions, which are also uh, very robust here and getting increasingly more robust. I love that because as we've talked about in previous episodes, I love the idea that we're operating a 12-month university here. That is two things, one, Matt. One is that we are serving students on their journey toward their degrees every month of the year. And, and so, Yes, of course, we have our two traditional semesters and we have a very robust, getting more robust summer session. And then I think, as I've mentioned before, we're working with the faculty now about the possibility of a winter session so that even that four week period that's sort of at the end of December and into January could also be used potentially to serve students who want to catch up or, or, or make up uh, uh, courses or what have you. Uh, get ahead, uh, will give them an opportunity to do so even that month of the year. So I love the fact that we are operating a 12-month university. Uh, it's first and foremost, great service to our students. And then secondly, of course, it's a, gives us a chance from a business standpoint to, to sort of take 
as, as full advantage as possible of the assets that we have at the university. And most business people would tell you that that's really good, more efficient use of your assets, more efficient utilization of your assets. And so I'd like to be able to do that as well. You know, lead, leads me into a good follow-up. You think of it, and, and you have talked about since uh, becoming president, whether evolving into that hybrid model, offering some more online classes, and now the idea of kind of that 12-month program with the winter session in there. From from a competitive standpoint, I, I would think that is a huge benefit to Mammoth to, to your point, say, we can serve students 12 months a year. You don't have to go anywhere else or... In a particular case, you know, I mean, listen, there, there, there's Monmouth Ocean County certainly has a, a lot of kids that leave and go elsewhere. But if you come home and you want to grab a class over winter break, you can. If you want to pick up a summer class, you can. If you don't offer 12 months a year, then you can't get anybody else to do that. Yeah. And what, and what allows that, as you point out, is uh, our comfort level and our faculty's comfort level delivering programming online. Because the only way we're going to be able to offer a winter session is if most of the coursework is delivered online. And the way in which we grow our summer sessions is to deliver more of that programming online. And that is, just as you mentioned, Matt, as students go home and leave Monmouth County, um, they can still uh, take courses with their university. The alternative would be they'd go to a, a local, uh, you know, college or university in their hometown, take a course there, and then transfer that credit back in. And what I always say is that we we want to teach our students as much as possible. So uh, the introduction of online delivery allows for that. Big weekend, obviously. You know, as I looked at it, we're leading into. Uh, that summer break, Memorial Day weekend is upon us coming up. Um, so, so this episode number 30, it's not any monumentous number for us, but 30 seemed to be a good way to kind of wrap up this academic year before you and I will continue doing this during the course of the summer and maybe a look ahead a little bit more uh, to the 2021-22 year. So, so wrapping things up, and when I say wrapping them up, I say that with a little bit of a, a star next to it because near and dear to your heart, to my heart. There are a couple of athletic teams that are still in full force. What a baseball game that took place over the course of the weekend. A walk-off grand slam for Monmouth Baseball to continue their year. They go in now to the final four of the MAC tournament, still with an opportunity to get into the NCAAs. Yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, just never say... Uh, die. I mean, they are just uh, always um, competing to the very end. And a few times this year, uh, down to their last strike, I think uh, a few games ago, pulled out a win. And then uh, just over the weekend, uh, as you said, a walk-off grand slam. I said to one of my sons today, if if you uh, are involved in a college or university and you still have athletic teams competing now, what is today, May 26th? If you have teams competing now, then uh, then you're doing something uh, well. And uh, our baseball team, as you mentioned, has a chance to, to um, you know, compete for a MAC title and then advance to the national tournament. We've talked about ad nauseum this spring, the number of programs that uh, have competed and competed well. So many uh, conference championships, so many regular season uh, uh, championships. 
it's just amazing. And, and I, I'm, I'm always on the lookout for what other college or university, at, at, especially in the Division I level, what, what other college or university, the D1 level, has had the kind of athletic success this year across the board than we have. I mean, I, I'm open to someone suggesting there are others that have competed as well across the board as we have. Um, I just have trouble believing that they're out there. Um, just incredible. So we're laying down the gauntlet, in essence, to say if you are a president, and clearly I'm sure you're a listener to Monmouth Weekly, if you want to come on and tout your athletic program, we'll let you come on uh, in the next one. You know, th- that that clearly was a highlight moment. Um, and the athletic staff did such a great job of covering it in so many, so many ways between the video and, and the different uh, social media posts that I saw and the different photos. Um, our congratulations, obviously, to, to Dean Enholt, his staff, and the rest of the team. That's not it, though. And, and I say from a team perspective, once it gets to this part of the year, it becomes a little bit more individual um, over the course of the weekend. Saw that Mark Orlando, Danielle Steph of the track and field team, they qualified and, and will continue into the East Regional, both um, on the Javelin side. And listen, our, our track and field program, I, I think over the course, I, I would say the last couple of decades, has, has become second to none uh, with teams going back to the days of the NEC and now the MAC. And to your point, if you have, in this particular case, individual athletes still competing, you're clearly also doing something right. Oh my gosh. I mean, our track and field program is top, top in the conference year over year. Um, and then as you point out, you know, there's select athletes among our teams that, uh, in their respective events are advancing and competing, uh, first regionally and, and then hopefully nationally. Um, it's just further evidence Matt, of the of the strength of our athletics program across the board. I mean, there are a lot of athletic programs. Every college or university has one or two where they're the sort of the dominant team. You know, you can think of plenty of examples of that, but we are increasingly becoming, I think, you know, top to bottom, like the, the, you know, one of the most competitive programs in the country. And, and this is so important to us because first, and foremost, it gives our student athletes a great experience. I mean, th- that's what we're really after is trying to create a life transforming experience for our students here at Monmouth. And if you are a student athlete and you can compete at that level and get into national tournaments and compete, that's a that's a very rewarding way to spend your time while you're here at Monmouth. But in addition to that, we got to look at the positive exposure that it brings to our university. Every time a a team of ours wins a conference championship and then goes to a national tournament, that brings additional notoriety to the university. I'll give you a quick example. Our men's lacrosse team. We talked about this before. They won the the MAC championship, went on to the, the national tournament, NCAA tournament, and they drew North Carolina, the number one team, the number one seed in the country, in the tournament, in the first round. Now, that's a tough draw <laughs> for Monmouth. I get that. Made all the more fun for me because one of my uh, closest childhood friends happens to be the head lacrosse coach at UNC. So we had a, a lot of fun uh, getting re- reunited uh, this this past week. 
But Monmouth goes to that tournament, Matt, we're one of 16 teams to play on national television in the NCAA lacrosse tournament. If you think about it, I looked this up, there are 397 college lacrosse teams in the country, division one, two, and three, and only 16 get a chance to play on national television. That brings, um, uh, you know, just a little bit more notoriety to our university. And you stack that against these other opportunities, football playing on national TV against the eventual uh, winner of the whole FCS national championship and, and others. And each time it adds value to our brand. And uh, I touted just last night, I don't know if you saw it, but I happened to notice that the FCS rankings came out, you know, the end of the year rankings. And of course, Sam Houston State uh, was the national champion and the number one ranked team in the country. Monmouth uh, achieved its highest ranking ever at number 10. And what's so exciting for me is we were the highest ranked private institution in the entire nation. In fact, there were only three teams, three private schools that were ranked in the top 25. Monmouth at 10, Richmond at 17, and Villanova at 19. And if if you just think about that for a minute, that alone, I think, burnishes our reputation as a university. And listen, I, I think you could you could have the argument, you could make the argument, I think you could make it, and clearly I, I, I like to make it as well, that if your athletic teams have success, get a little national notoriety, wind up in the poll, show up on an ESPN Sports Center top 10 with the baseball during the course of the week, um, not only does it bring some notoriety to the school, but for students that are thinking about where can I go and get that richer, full experience that's not just academics, but going to watch a game, engaging with other students on campus. And, you know, I mean, listen, dare I say, have a little bit of fun while they're in college. It, it helps, right? I mean, you, you want to be able to present the total picture to potential students that are looking for Mammoth. Especially if you claim you claim to be, which we do, a residential uh, university, you know, especially at the undergraduate level. And if you bring people from around the state, around the country, you know, increasingly around the country and around the world here to Long Branch and West Long Branch, you want to give those students the full experience. And one important part of that experience is to offer a you know, very competitive athletics program so that that creates energy and enthusiasm and excitement and, and school spirit, uh, for the entire student body, not just the, uh, the student athletes themselves. So yeah, it's all part of the, of the full experience that we're offering here at Monmouth. Let's change gears, but kind of stay on a similar topic. When you think about athletic success, I mean, clearly Monmouth over the course of the last several years has done a really good job um, being able to fundraise, support programs when needed. I think the fundraising base is something that continues to expand a little bit. Um, and it's something that clearly is important to try and stay connected to the university, whether that's through corporate, whether that's through alums, whether that's through families, whether that's through people who are just interested in Monmouth overall, fundraising in a time of a pandemic and, and COVID-19 
I'm sure has presented a lot of very unique challenges. Um, but to continue the theme of, you know, the giving days that Monmouth has taking place, I know for athletics, they've got their golf tournament coming up over the course of the next couple of weeks. These are still really important opportunities for people to be involved with the university and stay connected. You know, it's interesting you should mention that, you know, here raising money during the past year and during the midst of a pandemic, we've had one of our best uh, fundraising years in recent memory, despite that. And I think that that's a testament to not only the new leadership we have in advancement uh, with uh, Amanda Claus, but but also mostly the commitment that our Monmouth University community shows, uh, you know, shows our institution. Um, one example of that, as you point out, is the fact that we retooled our major marquee fundraising events, and we're trying to, to sort of consolidate some of them, Matt, so that we can have a few larger, more successful, uh, higher return on our time and effort events, one of which is this golf tournament that we're hosting in, in mid-June, which benefits specifically those athletic programs that we just touted. And uh, I'm really proud to, to, to share with you that, you know, this year we're forecasting that we're going to raise five times the amount of money that we raised last year. Not, 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 not a 5% increase or a 50% increase or whatever, five times more money this year than we did last year that goes into the uh, uh, athlete, Athletics Excellence Fund. And that's a fund that is made available to our our athletics director so that she now and he next year can use those resources to support our student athletes across all of our 23 uh, sports. So uh, I can't tell you how enthusiastic this is in our first year of retooling this. And my hope is that of course this will pick up steam and year over year over year will continue to grow. One component to this, we had to go to two golf courses sold out, we, we, we don't have any, any, we're pretty much uh, sold out on the golfers. We're sold out on the dinner afterwards. And uh, uh, we, we will have uh, an auction, which, as you know, is often a feature of uh, fundraising events. We'll have an auction uh, with 30 or 40 uh, really, really good items that we're going to make available to the entire Monmouth University community. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for information on that. But just, you know, just trying to create, keep the momentum as high as possible so that we can support these student athletes who are killing it on the field, but also in the classroom. I mean, we've had one of our best academic years as an athletics program this year uh, as well. Um, so re really proud of the, the way in which our fundraising is, is keeping pace with our uh, performance on the field of play. Golf outing set for June 14th, as President Leahy uh, mentioned, the golf part of it is sold out, but there are sponsorship opportunities still available. If you're interested, you could send an email to golfouting at monmouth.edu. Will you be playing? Are you a golfer? I am. Yes, I am. Any good? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I guess okay. You know, I don't get to play that often, but uh, I started when I was a kid. I, I come from a golfing family, so you know, if you wanted to, you wanted to spend time with uh, my father and my older brothers, 
you had to learn how to play golf. So because I wanted to spend time with them, I learned at a young age and that's really, uh, uh, benefited me throughout my whole life. Cause I, I can go step away from it for six or eight months and come back to it and, you know, threaten 80, you know, shooting eight, breaking 80, even with that layoff. In fact, I often say the best thing for my game is a layoff because the more I play, the, the more I develop bad habits. You know, it's, <laughs> so it's, yes, I will be playing uh, uh, in, in the golf outing in June. Who gets to play with the president at the athletics golf outing? I mean, do, do you pay extra for that? Is that like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could command a premium, but no, no, I just find uh, find a good group of uh, three other people who are going to, you know, enjoy playing together and uh, and we go out. I often play with uh, board members and, and other uh, supporters of our athletics program. Golf is a golf is a funny sport, right? I can't I can't think of many other sports where if you said, hey, do you play golf? The question right after that is are you any good or what do you shoot? It's not like, Hey, uh, you play basketball. Yeah. I play a little three on three or I'll get some run in. Nobody says like, how's your jumper golf. That's the immediate follow-up question. You play golf. Yes. Are you any good? Because I mean, if you're shooting in the eighties, you know, I mean, I, I, I play maybe once every couple of years. I mean, I, I'm a triple digit guy. I, I'm, I'm out there for the fun. I mean, you wouldn't want any part of me on the golf. I might be fun, but not from a golf standpoint. I think what people are on the lookout for with that question, and you're absolutely right, is do you play golf or are you a golfer? Very, very true. Very, <laughs> and maybe very, they're on the lookout for golfers versus people who just play golf once in a while. Two very, very different things. Uh, President Lay, I want to finish with this one to wrap up um, our, our kind of academic year and, and the, the 30th episode of our podcast and probably put you on the spot and maybe uh, make you feel a little uncomfortable by saying um, you were recognized on a national level from the National Diversity Council at their annual leadership conference, uh, Conference given, given an award as one of the top 50 leaders in higher education. I, I know it, it's probably something you, you don't walk around letting everybody know about, but again, to the point of, boy, it says Monmouth University president Patrick Leahy, it's another feather in the cap, not just for yourself, but for the university as a whole. And I and I know because you and I have talked about it a lot on this podcast over the course of the last 15 months, the word diversity mixed in there has extra meaning. I appreciate you you raising it, Matt, to the to the extent that that gives us a chance to uh, burnish the reputation of the university, especially around uh, diversity and equity and inclusion. I, I don't mind talking about it at all. Of course, I get a little uh, embarrassed since I was recognized. Um, but I'll, I'll suggest um, just like the coaches uh, around here who get, you know, named coach of the year, the, you know, they immediately say this is really a, a, an accolade to the entire coaching staff, right? So under that sort of leadership, I'll say the same thing that even though I was recognized, I think uh, what they're really doing is recognizing the, the incredible work of the entire university around um, you know, the important issues of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
I mean, I didn't know much about it. It caught me totally by surprise. I didn't know much about the National Diversity Conference. Um, so I started looking into it a little bit and uh, became quite impressed with some of the other individuals who are also recognized, not only in higher education, but across business and, and the legal field and elsewhere. And uh, it says top 50 leaders in higher education, but I think this year there were only 13 of us who were recognized. And uh, to be in the company of the president of Princeton and, and Rutgers and the University of Maryland and California Berkeley, I mean, that, that's uh, really humbling uh, uh, for the president of Monmouth. And so I'm, I'm really proud of it, but uh, recognize that uh, I, don't, I don't do the real work of DEI around here. Um, uh, Dr. Zanetta Rago-Kraft, uh, who runs our intercultural center and is advisor to me on diversity and inclusion and our entire senior administrative team. Um, they're the ones that do the work uh, to make sure that we are a genuinely uh, welcoming place. So um, on behalf of all of them, I'm pleased to be recognized. You know, and it, and it does speak a little bit to, uh, you mentioned Dr. Rago Kraft, who we've had on the podcast. We had Bob McKay on a couple of weeks ago talking about how diverse the classes have been uh, in 2020 and now in 2021. Um, something that Monmouth is striving for, right? I mean, a little bit more diverse, a little bit more uh, open to, you know, the, the different races, the different diversities, the different cultures um, that exist, which to me would, would only continue to enhance the university's reputation. I mean, it's the right thing to do. I mean, we want to make sure that we make a first-class private education as accessible as possible. So I think that's uh, a really worthwhile uh, goal of all of us educators. But, but the other thing is, you know, our, our pool of students is diversifying um, quite quickly. And I think it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we're doing everything we can uh, for that increasingly diverse student population to see Monmouth University as a place where they would be welcome and a place where they could thrive. And so uh, we're going to keep working on uh, burnishing our rep reputation as a place where, you know, no matter your background, um, uh, you, you're, you would be welcome here and you could thrive here. President Leahy, I want to say uh, congratulations first and foremost. And as we finish up, crazy enough to say the second academic year that we've uh, been doing this, we started it in the pandemic uh, in, in March. We've gone a, a full calendar year plus a little bit more. So as we, we say goodbye to uh, the 2020-21 academic year, I know you and I look forward to continuing this. During the course of the summer, we'll have programming for our listeners to kind of stay in touch with what's going on. And then um, I, I'm still looking forward to actually doing this in person. I know we like to incorporate guests being in the WMCX studio, kind of sitting around a table and being able to record and look, pe look people into the face. Uh, but, but this has been, this has been so beneficial. I get random emails, comments when I see people on campus, Hey, listen to the podcast. It's so helpful to hear it. So your your time is obviously really appreciated um, with the, with a busy schedule of a university president to do this once every every two weeks, which has kind of been what we've been doing. Um, really, really important, and, and look forward to continuing with it with you during the course of the summer and then next year. 
Yeah, me too, Matt. I, I always credit you with the idea. It, it was you who reached out to me and suggested this. So uh, kudos to you on that. I think maybe we should try maybe our next uh, get together, do it in person. I mean, you're fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. All the health experts suggest that if you're vaccinated, uh, you know, you've reduced the risk uh, of any any you know real challenge as a result of COVID almost to zero or, or, or very close to zero. So maybe you and I should get together. It would be our first podcast uh, recorded in the same studio. So that, that would be kind of fun. So let's plan on that. We'll, we'll have a lot to discuss throughout the summer. I mean, we're still working on our exact plans around the fall return. Uh, conversations continue with our, our faculty leadership, our staff leadership to, to make sure we're trying to integrate their thoughts into those decisions. Um, so we'll have plenty to discuss uh, as we uh, as we complete this academic and fiscal year and uh, and look ahead to next year. And then one last thing, knowing that we won't record in between now and when it will take place, obviously the, the summer kind of officially kicks off with Memorial Day weekend. And I know the university always does such a great job of recognizing um, those that serve in the military on any occasion, Memorial Day notwithstanding. Um, but but clearly it's a, it's a special day. And, and I think maybe this year has a little bit more meaning as the country starts to come back together to still remember those um, who, who helped build it to what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, Memorial Day is one of my favorite holidays, not, not just because it, as you said, it kicks off the, the uh, essentially the beginning of the summer, but because uh, it gives us an opportunity to pause as a nation and remember the individuals who, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice to protect our freedoms. And, you know, it's so easy for, for us to take that for granted. And, um, you know, I never had a chance to, to serve our country in uniform. I often say that um, because I didn't, I'm always on the lookout for ways in which I, I can serve my community and my country in one small way is to try to be uh, as uh, gracious to those individuals who did and as supportive of those who who are and have served our country. It's one of the reasons I'm so proud that we bring as many veterans here to Monmouth as students uh, as we do. But Memorial Day is a, a, a special time for us to, to pause in the midst of all the other activity and and to uh, remember those who made that sacrifice. I'm really proud that here at Monmouth, long before I got here, one of the flags that flies on the triple sort of mast right out here on Hess Field is the POW MIA flag. And I think that's evidence of our commitment as a university to those who are lost in defense of our country. Very, very well said, University President Patrick Leahy, leading us into the start of the summer season here at the Jersey Shore and remembering those that have lost their lives coming up on this uh, Memorial Day weekend. President Leahy will speak in a couple of weeks, wishing obviously the best of luck uh, to students who start their summer programming, to the baseball team, which is still up and going, to the couple of athletes we mentioned still involved with the track and field, um, and, and a congratulations to university staff, faculty, students, administrative to get through a challenging academic year. Uh, sir, we'll talk in a couple of weeks and have a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, Matt. You too.
That wraps it up for episode number 30 of our Mammoth Weekly podcast. Again, President Leahy and I back in a couple of weeks. If you've got anything you want to hear from us during the course of the summer, feel free to drop us a line via email on social media. Be sure to incorporate your thoughts, ideas for the Mammoth Weekly podcast series as we move forward. Uh, congratulations to those graduating. 2020 and 2021, the academic year comes to a close. For University President Patrick Leahy, I'm Matt Harmon. Thanks for your support during the course of the year for Monmouth Weekly. (laughs) 